It is four o'clock Eastern on a Tuesday, which means it's time for the Monster Maverick show. And Krim is freaking me out. Here is she in the Discord. She posted a skull right when uh, I started playing the theme song. So I thought, oh, the audio is not working. But I checked the audio before the show for once, <laughs> and uh, you know, apparently she's just uh, screwed with me. So okay, I accept it as part of part of the deal with uh, hosting hosting shows on MSP Waves is that your audience, you know, makes fun of you, you know, and, and makes up different memes about you. So <laughs> I've accepted it. I, 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 uh, I know that this is part of the package. And Krim says that skulls are her brand. That's okay. Uh, so uh, if, if you guys haven't checked it out, so Krim actually has two shows on MSP Waves. Uh, one on uh, Thursdays and one on Saturdays. So one's like all metal music and, and uh, the other is more technology, Hive and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, the thing you should check out is her live stream setup is awesome. And I, I need to kind of up my game there because you can, you can, uh, you know, you can watch my stream. It's, it's on com. You can look at the video there. You can uh, watch it on, on, uh, Theta and on Vim, but uh, you know it's definitely not up to up to her level. <laughs> she's got like she's got like live broadcasting on YouTube, and it's got like custom custom skins on the comments and everything. Uh, so I'm definitely uh, have room for improvement. Let's say uh, I'm still trying to get my green screen to work with my lighting. It works fine in Zoom, but on on the, on OBS. It's just not quite there. You can still kind of see the screen behind me. But, you know, that's, that's how it goes. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been another week. And I apologize to all my Aussies uh, who listen to the show because I still have not uploaded last week's episode for the replay. I will do that. I will do that after, uh, after today. And uh, I'll upload them both so that people can, can peruse at their leisure uh, but you know you can always catch the those replays on YouTube or on on uh, Google Podcasts or Spotify or Anchor. Um, so yeah, did anybody check out the uh, the AMA this week? Because uh, I was on Friday, but it was late. It was like 8 p.m. Eastern, so I did not have a chance to listen to it. And they have not posted the replay, so I don't know what they said. But <laughs> I mean, I can guess it's kind of the usual stuff. But uh, if, if anybody had specific things from there that they wanted uh, commentary about, let me know. Um, otherwise, you know, we have our usual kind of housekeeping stuff. Deck 101, Deck 404, uh, those are our, our main services. Um, you know, for if you're looking to sell your rewards cards, you can sell any card, but typically rewards cards. Or if you want to get in on the account rental, either as a player or as an owner, you know, just let us know because we do all that. Uh, let's make sure I actually hit record, and I did. So that's good. So, um, yeah. So my other my other thing going right now is Yield Bond Day, which I talked about last week a bit, and it's looking. So we are today's the fifteenth of December, so we're halfway through, and uh, it's looking like that's not going to fund. So, uh, you know, we've only sold like you know fifteen hundred uh, tokens worth, and then uh, I've got a commitment for another. Know five thousand or so, but we're not going to get to thirty thousand. I don't think. So, um, anybody who who bought um, bought Yield Bond A, you know, we're we'll probably do a refund at the end of the month. So, just be on the lookout for that. 
there's still time though if if some whales want to come in and and make 15 percent on their money passively then hey we can do that but if not people will just get refunded and it's going to be refunded on a um i was actually talking to gerber with this so uh it'll be you know if somebody's paid like 7.2 hive then they'll get back 7.2 hive but if then they sold that on the secondary market um then we'll we'll just kind of prorate whatever that balance is uh at the end uh, after refunding the people who just bought and held so just be aware i'm still i'm still really really bullish on the whole concept though of of uh you know tokenizing DeFi in that way so uh this won't be the last kind of project of that but um but yeah it's uh it's it's an exciting time for for decentralized stuff uh i've commented on some legal finance posts and, and in the discord there that you know DeFi is is a killer app that people are still underestimating and it's going to it's going to take out banks it's going to take out centralized exchanges it's going to take out everything uh because there's just there's just no reason for it <laughs> once you have once you have a working peer-to-peer solution uh that doesn't require any sort of uh, expert level knowledge then you know all those middlemen kind of go away uh you know mortgage companies you know those those are all going to be on the extinction list over time but um you know that'll take that'll take a good bit of time uh but you know we have we have our own little DeFi that's coming in splinterlands with the with the land sale and the uh the resources markets there was a bit of discussion about in the discord about uh how that's going to work and my impression was that everything's going to be based on on dark energy crystals and then you'll have multi-leg trades between different resources so if you have like one person has wood and they want stone it'll be one transaction for the user but then it'll be sell uh sell wood for dark energy crystals sell dark energy crystals for stone and then that'll be the back end and some people were saying that that was not the case in that um you know it would be a uh each different market would be connected or each different resource would be would be connected to each other market but that that multiplies the number of of pools that you need so i don't think that's going to be the case but uh you know we'll we'll see so i did want to check out how the land sale was doing uh no i didn't want to click that actually i want to go to shop land because we have three days and 18 hours and 52 minutes until the next one. And right now, only 3,000 uh, plots have been sold, um, which is obviously not a lot. So, you know, I've been expecting uh, along the way that the, um, uh, you know, pre-sale number three was going to, going to be the grind. So it's going to take longer uh, to sell out, you know, if, if in fact it does, because, you know, we've already sold 60,000 plots. Um, but with that said, you know, dark energy crystal price has been pretty attractive. So let's see if we can, uh, what is that command for Gerbot? Is it uh, a deck USD? So you can see that we are hanging out. Well, if this works, did Gerbot die? Gerbot, I need you. <laughs> I'm going to go into DMs here. Uh, Gerbot. Because you can DM Gerbot and get stuff. Deck USD both. No? Nothing? Ah, 
frustrating. All right, well, let's go to Leodex and see what Dark Energy Crystals is doing because, you know, Hive is a new stable coin, right? So, <laughs> so for things priced in Hive will be proportional. But basically, we're hanging out at, we're hanging out at like 80 cents, or right now we're at 81.54 in Splintoshis. So, you know, when you take into account the fact that, yes, pre-sale number three is more expensive in in dollars, but they redeem those Dark Energy Crystals at their 1,000 Splintoshi level, the par value, then we might actually end up with a situation where pre-sale number three is cheaper than pre-sale number two. And as a buyer of pre-sale number two, that annoys me. <laughs> now, granted, I didn't actually pay market value for the for the nine million dark energy crystals I spent, because you know it's just earned over time, over a great deal of time. But still, you know, it's the it's the principle of the thing. Um, but yeah, we've been bouncing around. We got down to to seven hundred uh, splintoshis uh, a few days ago, and then it's been bouncing up to. Uh, this is about as high as it's been for the past little while. And I guess Gerbot has actually ceased to exist for the moment. But um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I So pre-sale number one sold out in three seconds or 28 seconds or whatever it was. Pre-sale number two sold out in 30 minutes. Uh, we have who knows how long before full retail release. I'm going to say, just wild stab, I'm going to say we go a month on pre-sale number three. And, um, you know, one of the one of the fun projects that I'm that I'm involved in is the prediction market on on PAL that we're building. And we'll be able to make uh, make predictions like that and make markets so that you could you could set up a question like, you know, will pre-sale number three sell out by January 31st uh, or not? And uh, you can make a little little speculation there. So that'll be that'll be fun stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the prediction market. You know, it's just going to be open up the, the world uh, Yasik is posting us Splinterlands raffle and totems 11 minutes ago. Uh, you guys are killing me. <laughs> I could see Yana just sitting there like, when am I going to post this? Hmm. I think I'll do it when Neil's show starts right there. Uh, so let's see what this says here. Splinterlands raffle and totems. Uh, so as the third and final Splinterlands land presale stage quickly approaches, we wanted to provide some additional information about totems, which are one of the main items to be given away as part of the Splinterlands land presale raffle, which will be drawn in January. And that is true. Uh, I am I am mostly staying. I'm mostly keeping my raffle tickets for uh, for the for the potential tokens, or totems rather. And another thing about presale number three is that if you spend ten million five hundred thousand dark energy crystals on a region, then you get uh, you get ten thousand. Uh, I guess 10,050, or sorry, 1,050. Now I'm stuck. I have, I have, uh, let me just look at my my inventory. Make sure I'm not off by a factor of 10 here. All right, so raffle tickets. Okay, so I have 9,000 because I spent 9 million. So you'll get 10,500 raffle tickets if you buy a region in pre-sale number three. So uh, potentially more more rewards that way. Uh, let's see, following information provided about totems in the land expansion posts. Uh, yeah, you know, there'll be, so each totem will provide one very specific type of benefit. For example, may speed up death splinter item card minting time, increase the rate of sparkstone harvesting, or reduce maintenance cost of a farm building. Totems will have common rare epic legendary rarities, uh, with more rare versions giving larger benefits. 
And initially, totems will only be available as prizes in the Splinterlands land raffle. And then over time, they say they're going to add other ways. Okay, so back to the article here. The raffle will give out a total of 31,200 totems as prizes. 25,000 common, 5,000 rare, 1,000 epic, and 200 legendary. And, you know, we went through some of the math on expected value uh, last week of, you know, some a spreadsheet I'd put together. Uh, let's see, the totems to be awarded in the raffle were recovered during some initial scouting expeditions to Pretoria as the three exploration companies prepared to fully chart the new lands. They don't yet know what each totem does or what benefits they provide, but they are able to tell how rare and how powerful they are by measuring the amount of magical energy that emanates from them. This means that when the raffle prizes are awarded, players will only know the rarity of the totem they receive. At that time, the totems will be represented by four fungible tokens, one for each rarity, which can be transferred in-game and bought and sold on the Hive Engine Exchange. Once the land expansion is released, the totem tokens will be able to be traded in for individual totem NFT tokens, which will then reveal the exact amount and type of benefit that they each provide. So this mechanism is very similar to the actual land plots themselves, uh, where you know you have a you have a plot claim or region claim, and, and that's just a generic fungible token, and then we trade that in for the specifics of of whatever it is when when that functionality is developed. Additional totems. Uh, while the initial scouting expeditions were able to recover a significant number of totems, a review of ancient texts about the land of Pretoria has revealed that the recovered totems account for approximately half of all the totems that existed. That's good to know. So uh, you, know, you gotta factor that into your expected value. Um, you know, if if another, you know, call it 30,000 are, are out there. Uh, scholars expect that there are around 30,000 to 50,000 additional totems still scattered across the lands, which may be discovered over time by the new landowners as they work the land to mine and harvest resources. Based on the age of the totems and the level of volcanic and seismic activity in the area, many totems may be buried deep underground, and they expect it will take years for all the remaining totems to be discovered. Overall, this means that at launch, assuming all available land plots are sold, there will be only be enough totems in existence for about one in five plots to have one, and obviously far fewer, fewer will be able to have rare, epic, and legendary totems. Even after all the totems are discovered, it is expected that there will only be enough totems to cover roughly half of the available land plots, and only around 500 of them will be legendary. Also, please note that there will be an additional 22 legendary totems given out to players who participated in the first land presale region lottery and were not chosen as mentioned in this other post. Those these totems are expected to be awarded shortly after the raffle drawing is completed. So uh, I'm one of those. That's that's pretty exciting. So I'll get at least one. Uh, let's see. Totem in-game value. While we cannot speculate on a guarantee that the totems will have any value outside of the game, we can offer in some insights into how totems will be used and what value they may offer to landowners of the game. As mentioned previously, each totem will be a boost to a specific type of resource or other aspect of the production of, on the land. This means that there will be 200 legendary totems in total to start. There will be far fewer legendary totems that give a boost to Virtulium, uh, or Virtulum, probably virt Virtulium, I don't know. Uh, the main component used for life splinter item and spell crafting, for example. The same goes for totems of, of the other rarities. Let's assume for this exercise that a legendary totem will double the base production rate of a specific resource. That would mean that having a legendary totem on a plot of land is effectively like having two of that plot. And this is the same mechanism I speculated about in my post. Uh, even a little better, actually, since you won't have to build and upgrade two buildings or have double the monster and summoner cards to work it. 
if it's just a basic common plot, that may not be a big deal, but what if it's an overflowing, which I guess is the new name for legendary, plot with magical resource such as Virtulium? Uh, this is effectively the land plot equivalent of a gold foil legendary card. If you have a legendary totem on that plot, then it will be as if you have two overflowing magical land plots. From that perspective, each totem can be considered to be worth at least the same value as the best, most rare, highest production plot of land on which it can be used. So that is an interesting argument. Um, so when I when I did my math, you know, uh, on that spreadsheet, I did not factor in differences in uh, in the actual plot production capabilities. So, you know, if you have a common plot produces you know, 10 Sparkstone uh, a day, then, you know, a legendary might be 50 or it might be 100, depending on how they scale things. So then if you are, uh, have a legendary totem on that, then you go from, you know, from uh, going, instead of going 10 to 20, you're going from 100 to 200. So, you know, there is potentially a lot of value there. Now, with, with what they said, though, you know, there's going to be 500, well, let's call it 500, of those legendary um, totems, we don't know the the rarity splits for the land plot classes. Uh, we do know that there will be some, and that they will be analogous, but we don't know that it's going to follow the same, like you know, the the 0.8 percent uh, drop rate for cards. Uh, so you know, that's that's a bit of a of an unknown. So you got to figure we have 150,000 plots in Pretoria, so. Let's say we have 150,000 times, if it's, if it's 1%, you know, then we have 1,500 uh, of, those, of those legendary style plots. And so a third of those could potentially have a legendary totem, um, at least over time, uh, when those get discovered. But if, if, the, if the drop rate is, is different, then it'll be different, and we, and we just don't know. Uh, I think we can say that there will be probably at least as many legendary plots as legendary totems. So if there's 500 there, then my guess would be that at, at absolute worst, you know, the drop rate for legendary plots would be half a percent. And that would give us uh, 750 uh, legendary or overflowing uh, plots. So a, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of speculation there, but uh, I think it's, it's reasonable to, 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 uh, to proceed along those lines. Um, so, and then how to get raff, raffle tickets. Uh, only way is to, uh, only way to get totems before land expansion is released and they start to be slowly discovered, emphasis on slowly, uh, is to participate in the upcoming Splinter Lands land raffle. There are two main ways to get the raffle tickets. The first is by participating in the land sale. And we know one raffle ticket per every dollar spent. This applies to purchases made using both credits and Dark Edge Crystal tokens. Uh, the, well, I don't think it actually says here, but the other way is just to buy them on the market. <laughs> uh, so the final stage of the pre-sale will be set this Saturday, the 19th, but you can enter the lottery on the Splinterlands website right now to make sure you get your chance. So, you know, enter, enter now, buy more and all that kind of stuff. Um, for those of you who feel that you missed out on large discounts from the first two land pre-sale stages, we want to remind you that it's often possible to get land in the third stage at a similar or even larger discount than was offered in the past by using Dark Edge Crystal tokens purchased on external exchanges, which is what I was referring to earlier about the, uh, the price there. Uh, let's see, Uniswap rewards. Yes, there are Uniswap rewards. Uh, there's currently a third snapshot going on and last chance to enter and all that kind of stuff. Okay.
So, uh, in interesting post. I don't think there's too much new information in there, actually. But let's check. Let's see what the raffle tokens are going for right now. Uh, 12 to 14 cents, apparently, per the Leo decks. And I think, I think that's a reasonable, uh, a reasonable cost. So, you know, I don't know how much influence I've had on, on that particular price because of, uh, because of the spreadsheet I, I came up with the, um, uh, you know, last week or the week before. Um, you know, where I said, you know, somewhere between 8 to 16 cents is probably somewhere in the, in the region of fair value. Um, but let's, let's revisit that spreadsheet and, and see if, if um, gold foil legendary numbers kind of make sense. And as I wait for my spreadsheet to open, because it takes so long, because I have so much data in here, it's a little bit ridiculous. You know, spreadsheets are normally, you know, you just click on the file icon and it just opens. But when you have like 30 tabs and <laughs> thousands and thousands of data points, it takes a little while. All right. So here was what I had before. And that's, that's estimating a legendary totem to be the same as a plot. But if we're saying it's a legendary plot and the legendary totem is going to be priced based on that highest and best use, which is a sound principle from appraisal, uh, what happens if it's 50 bucks, right? So now, all of a sudden, uh, let's make this, uh, what's, what should the ratio between legendary epics and rares and commons be? Um, <laughs> why can't I hold all these data? So let's make them a bit more exponential. Let's say 10, 5, 1. So now, uh, let's see, raffle tickets, EV, prizes. You know, that doesn't change things too much. We're still in that 16 cent range. So, um, yeah, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> you know, the, you know, the thing with EV, though, and I, I tried to make this point in, in my post on the subject, was that uh, yes, it's a mathematical average, but because things are so lopsided here, so like the one region is fifteen thousand dollars. That's ten percent of the total expected value of the uh, of the raffle prices. So you know when you have that kind of that variability in in the distribution, then it really skews things. So uh, you know right now the market's uh, you know between twelve you know twelve point eight cents and fourteen point four cents. I think that's that's a reasonable discount to to account for that. So, you know, the, one of the things that's amazed me about Splinterlands ever since the beginning was it's how efficient the market actually is and how well uh, everybody, you know, coming together and trading really discounts, you know, the, the marginal cost of things as well as uh, the expected probabilities of everything. So it's just, you know, kudos to, to everybody who buys and sells <laughs> so that uh, we know how, how things are valued. And I know Agrid looks a lot at the at the market, the secondary market for the cards, uh, to see kind of what's doing well and what's not. Um, the thing that uh, that people have started to to consider is all those monsters and summoners that need to work on the buildings. Um, again, you know, we don't know we don't know the numbers. We don't know how uh, how many monsters, how many summoners, what levels uh, will be required for all that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, more than one, 
and more than level zero most likely. So there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of optimization that needs to be done once we get all the details. So you know, people have been starting to buy up like all the rusty androids, you know, all the, all the cheap cards. So let's go ahead and look at. Uh, there's my brave ad. <laughs> let's go ahead and look at. Uh, let's look at everything. In terms of what is cheapest on the market right now, let's just look at commons because obviously that's going to be it. So basically, we have a lot right at one cent. Um, you know, we got the Barking Spider, the Flame Monkey, the Nectar Queen, the Phantasm, Rex, Wave Runner. Those are all uh, Warrior of Peace. Also, is all all at one cent. Um, and then it goes a little bit up from there. So by the time we get down to the jelly, here we're up to 1.8 cents. And, and those are the cheapest things, cheapest things going. So, you know, obviously the rewards cards, you know, they, you know, while they're in print, they have lots and lots of supply. So they always have low prices. But, uh, you know, Ed and Spearman is out of print now and still just barely hanging on to burn value. <laughs> in fact, in Deck 101, we have a lot of Ed and Spearmans, both regular foil and golds. And it's... Um, you know, basically they just build up until we burn them, and then that's kind of it. Um, so you know, but people are people are speculating now, and they're looking to to get in and and buy these buy these cheap cards with the thought that you know they'll be able to be used and staked in the lands. Um, I don't know. You know, there's there's a lot of cards out there. Uh, we don't know how much or how many cards will be needed. We don't know how many BCX. Uh, you know, will the will the, that increase in demand, uh, you know, be sufficient for the uh, for the high supply of these types of cards? I think it's a little bit of a gamble. Um, personally, for me, what I'm doing is uh, uh, well, I'm not buying right now. I mean, obviously, I have a lot of cards. You know, I'm if you if you if you discount aggro, I have the I have the biggest collection. Uh, in fact, <laughs> he sent me a DM the other day. Because uh, I guess he was checking the, the 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 SM Voter Hut bot, and you did the uh, the top ten collections, and mine had crossed the the hundred thousand line, which is you know mind boggling, but you know the way the way his uh, or the way SM Voter Bot does it or Voter Hut is uh, you know basically based on the asking prices rather than the market prices. You know Peak Monsters is a lot better in terms of in terms of market price. So I, that's what I tend to use, but still, it's creeping up. I was checking it today. It was, I think we're at 85. Uh, let's do a compute. Got to wait for it to load. Oh, 86. Look at that. And uh, you know, I've e I even sold some of my gold dice and everything because uh, <coughs> you know I uh, I I opened those with golds with this express purpose of of selling the golds in order to subsidize the regular foils because there's no way I'm going to buy enough dice to get a re regular or to get a gold foil dice deck. Um, so, you know, I'll just have to be content with the regulars and that's okay. Uh, I've also started, I've also sold a few of my beta golds that I just wasn't using just because I'm not using them. Uh, you know, I am, uh, you know, when I look at my crypto portfolio, I'm still way overweighted on Splinterlands. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's like 55% of my crypto is, is in Splinterlands of various kinds, um, between, you know, regions and, and, 
cards and you know deck 101 and, and all that kind of stuff so you know it's it's just too much so what I what I've been what I've decided to do is to slowly rebalance you know over time and uh, basically you know I'm taking my my Splinterlands earnings and putting that into DeFi uh, you know yield farming uh, you can't consider yourself a, a top tier player without a gold and a regular foil deck you know that is there's some truth to that um, but that's okay. I'm I've accepted my lot in life to, to not have a maxed gold foil and a maxed uh, regular foil uh, deck, uh, just because you know as as the as the additions increase, you know it's just <laughs> it's a lot, and you know I have so many cards uh, that are that are staked in the game as far as you know working and on deck four or four accounts that uh, you know I just I just don't want to be. Uh, Tying that up in gold, tying that much up in gold foil. So uh, <laughs> Neil is dumping panic sell. So no, I'm not dumping. I'm just uh, distributing profits, basically. And over time, you know that will uh, that will rebalance my portfolio. Uh, it'll take it'll take a lot of time, you know. So I, I'd have to look, but um, you know I think I'm bringing in about five hundred thousand deck a season, something like that. You know, we've got a season ending coming up here momentarily. And that's usually the big payday. Although we are after 4 p.m. Uh, oh, the season just ended. All right. Let's claim rewards live on air. See what happens. <laughs> um, I only made it to Champion 2 this, this season. I missed a couple quests. I missed a couple days. And um, that uh, didn't quite make Champion 1. So here, you can actually see my terrible luck. <laughs> uh, let's see, what do we got here? Got potions, got some cards, which is nice. Nothing big in the crystal department yet. All kind of commons and rares. Oh, got an epic. And... You know, if you're not watching the video, then you should be, because it's way more fun. <laughs> got a gold warrior piece. You know, back in the uh, early days, I took many videos and screenshots of uh, of pack openings, and uh, you know, it never did too well. <laughs> but uh, I got two untamed booster packs. That's another thing. I have like five hundred something untamed booster packs still sitting in my account, just accumulated from rewards like this over like however long. How long's untamed have been around? Uh, we're over a year now. Not even sure. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing great. So my my bad luck uh, continues. <laughs> so it's it's statistically reliable that uh, I just don't do well. But you know, it's still fun. I still like to play my quests. You know, I, I typically play very early in the mornings. So <laughs> I got a dollar ninety two worth of cards. Great. Uh, so, you know, I'm usually playing against the Koreans, because uh, I'm at, like, you know, 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, but, uh, you know, if and when my my kids might be awake, you know, like, you know, if I postpone it to 7 or 8 or something, you know, they really enjoy the card flipping process. Uh, let's see what else we got here. That should be about it. Yeah, there we go. So... So, I mean, technically, 
you know, there's a 2% chance of gold. So I might have exceeded that slightly because I got those two gold Warrior of Peace. Warrior of Peace is actually a great card. Uh, but I got I got two of the uh, Untamed Booster Packs. Uh, there's a 1% chance of those drops. My Dark Energy Crystals, though, I mean, I have this one that's 287, but that's otherwise it's kind of terrible. Uh, you know, I I have accepted my, my lot in life as far as uh, random number generators. <laughs> Oh man, but let's go, what I like to do is I like to go over to Peak Monsters and move everything to my holding account with the bulk, um, the bulk transfer functionality that they have, which, you know, before, before this was a thing, this was much, much more difficult. So I'll just say not delegated and yeah, Peak Monsters says $1.94. So yeah, that is... That is the way it goes. Now, I did get some, some Dark Energy Crystals there, but that's only going to be a dollar. Dot sell. That's not what I want. I want transfer. Neil Dot Cards. Which is my holding account. So I set that up before the active key uh, was required to do transfers of value. But, you know, even with that, I kind of like having the cards in a totally separate account and just delegated to my playing account just because... It just makes things so much cleaner, you know, as far as um, as far as you know worries about security and that kind of thing. So, the active key requirement is nice, but you know things happen. So, I, I like having it on a totally separate account. Downside is you gotta have another account. You gotta delegate hive power and all that kind of stuff. But uh, worth it for me. So let's go back over here, deck one one, and let's see. Let's check out Monster Market. Analyze rewards and see what uh, what we got here. Neil McSpadden, and we'll do that. Let's do quests analyze. So I got 843 dark energy crystals in that in that uh, reveal, and 1815 crystals worth of of cards. So not great, <laughs> but what are you gonna do? Anyway, if you haven't used this tool, uh, it's pretty cool. Monster Market. They've got a couple, another couple tools that are great, like the um, like the uh, cost estimator. So if you want them to put together a uh, a diamond level uh, account with untamed and dice, you know, comp to compete in some of those tournaments. And let's say we use, uh, let's say we do everything except Earth. Um, exclude. Well, no, for that we need everything. So let's calculate the cost. And then just spits it out. Costs about three grand. Which is a little bit surprising because uh, back in the day, before Untamed, uh, beta decks cost about three grand uh, for a similar level of, of performance. But, um, you know, the burn value of beta is much higher. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting that the the market value has been able to maintain uh, a little bit in that regard, performance-wise. I hadn't actually looked at that before. Uh, another thing I like to do, especially now that we have a season end, is to uh, take a look at the hive stat, hive data .space stats. Uh, we got battles here. Battles have been pretty steady. Uh, we got that. Let's look at users, though. Users is my jam. They are the things I want to know more than anything else. So we haven't really developed the spike 
for the season end just yet because you know people got to claim the rewards and then all the selling accounts come on as far as uh, dumping the rewards cards. But uh, you know, I think I think you could call that a small uptrend, you know, from the previous season. Um, let's see, we're we're looking at uh, fifty nine seventy nine as of yesterday. So that's that's pretty nice. The pre the previous season high was at fifty nine twenty nine looks like, and um, or fifty nine forty five possibly. So yeah, a little bit a little bit more activity. And uh, what we are not seeing though is is huge growth. Um, so you know the Splinterlands had another post this week about uh, the well maybe it wasn't Splinterlands it was Arcane Network, and they were announcing the. Um, uh, Splinterlands integrates Arcane integrates with Arcane Network to onboard new users with blockchain wallets. So this is another wallet integration, uh, much like the Wax and and MetaMask and everything. So you know more is better, definitely. Um, you know, it's interesting that this little I, I don't know anything about Arcane, but um, you know there's this little blurb in their announcement post. Says another nifty feature of Arcane enables gamers to send NFTs via email to peers via the Ethereum chain. Recipients will be able to redeem those automatically and in any kind of wallet on Arcane. So that's actually a really interesting functionality. Um, you know, so you could you could use that to entice you know new players or as as promotional kind of deals, where you know, uh, you know nobody outside of well, nobody outside of Hive has a Hive account, obviously, uh, and relatively few have even heard of the thing. So, by being able to 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 give out a promotional reward on Ethereum is actually is actually really attractive. Um, so I like that a lot. You know, we could always or not always, but we've been able to tokenize Splinterlands cards onto Ethereum for a while now, but there just hasn't been a whole lot of activity there. So this might be a way to to do that, because. I know I sound like a broken record, but, you know, user growth is the entire thing. Uh, you know, if we just keep the same player base, then, you know, we'll cannibalize and eventually the game will fail. But new blood, new people coming into the ecosystem are going to be the, the way the game grows. So, you know... It's good to see that uh, even though it's small, we still have a, a you know an uptrend here in total active users, and so I'm I'm a fan there. Uh, you know purchases. Let's just look at booster packs here. Let's get rid of dice. Get rid of all packs. Oops. So we have a nice little nice little uptick there. You know how much of that is uh, is new players? It's it's hard to determine. I know Agred had said uh, you know four hundred something uh, new players bought a spell book in November, uh, so that's that's nice. And uh, you know some portion of those will go. You know most it's it's always Pareto, so you know it's always eighty twenty in that the vast majority are going to spend you know little to nothing, and then you know those are your free users, and then the of the ones who upgrade to a paid, then even within that it's going to be an eighty twenty depending on. You know, people who who buy enough to compete in like the novice bronze or silvers versus those who who want to invest in the game in order to play uh, the higher leagues you know the the golds and the diamonds and the champions so you know you have to you have to expect that but you know a few of those kind of whale types you know could be uh, could be 
responsible for just, you know, for these level cell booster packs uh, being uh, being sold. So, you know, that's a, that's a good sign to see. And, uh, you know, we're coming up on Christmas time here, you know, obviously a big deal in the U.S., big deal in most places, and very, uh, um, can be good and bad uh, for, for retail operations. You know, for Splinterlands, you know, it's a, it's a thing we do online, so theoretically having people not going to work or what have you with the holidays does not necessarily impact it. In fact, might be a benefit in that they're, they're, they're at home and, you know, maybe trying to, you know, uh, get some peace of mind for, for an hour or two and want to go play a game rather than deal with, you know, whatever family drama they have going on, which is a pretty common thing. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Um, this is the first, I mean, so Sweden has been around for two and a half years, uh, but in previous times, you know, they've been much more focused on internal development rather than, uh, than user-based growth. So uh, I am hopeful to see some more active kind of outreach and promotions uh, for this Christmas as opposed to uh, in the past. I know a lot of people have suggested having uh, promotional cards, you know, like a, like a Christmas edition card, you know, just, just one card uh, to add to, to the, um, uh, to the mix. But obviously, you know, that's, that's the, I don't know if it's the hardest, but it's, it's one of the more time consuming things to do. So I understand why the team doesn't want to do it, but still it'd be cool. <laughs> I, I would love to see like one off, you know, small, small, small print, uh, promo edition cards or maybe it's dice now or something you know where the it's it's rare enough that people would have to kind of work to get it and that not every top level player could have a max one of of, of each um, I think that would that would drive some uh, a little bit of buying frenzy you know amongst the amongst the people who want that complete set so just, you know, Ron was making fun of me earlier saying that I need to have complete golds and complete regular foils. Well, probably not going to happen. I mean, I have, I have a couple of really nice gold foil cards. I've got my max gold foil Selenia Sky Alpha Edition. Um, that's, that's probably the most valuable card I have. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just not enough. I mean, there, there just isn't enough around in order to make it really easily viable, even for a whale like me in order to get every single gold foil. Um, so, you know, I'm okay with just having a regular foil of everything. So I've got a regular foil Archmage Arius and a regular foil Prince Julian and a regular foil, um, what's the chicken one? I don't know, whatever that mystery, <laughs> whatever that mystery potion one was with the, uh, with the uh, Furious Chicken upgrade, uh, which I've actually used a time or two, <laughs> amazingly enough. You know, it's kind of a weird card, you know, but in uh, in certain, like in a low mana game that's uh, melee mayhem or super sneak or something, it's it's actually pretty uh, pretty useful. Um, but then you also have to be playing dragons rather than uh, one of the splinters because it goes from neutral to dragon and it goes from zero mana to one mana, which is a little bit annoying. I wish it still stayed at zero, but it is what it is. Uh, I do love getting a dragon quest personally; it's my favorite quest, and so. <laughs> You know, it's it's a great little card. Uh, let me see. I think it's in my, I think it's in my Neemix Madden account. Let's see. 
We got dragons. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Uh, the mighty Dricken. That's what it is. So there we go. I'll trade you some potions. <laughs> you know, the whole potion thing has been has been interesting. So, you know, ever since they got rid of uh, the ability to use potions for rewards, the only use for it is to open packs, whether it's a booster pack for Untamed or dice uh, for for dice. And, you know, I have found that the uh, the desirability of, of potions has gone way down. On top of that, you now have this annoying little, little situation where you're getting single potions. So, like, right now I have, uh, what do I have? I have like 80-something. Oh, as it turns out right now, I've got even numbers. So that that's what I have in my account right now. But most of the time, it's, you know, 83 and 76 or something like that. So now I've got to do that mental math to say, well, each pack is five cards. So I, really, I can only open 15 packs and not 16 because, you know, the, uh, the those last couple cards on the 16th pack won't have potions applied to them. But... Uh, uh, as it, as just as it happens right now, I've got I got numbers that are divisible by five, so I could open I could open twenty packs of some kind and get alchemy and legendary potions on both. So, like I was saying, I've got uh, five hundred. Now I have five hundred and seventy untamed. I still got four hundred twenty one betas and three hundred ten orbs sitting around, and then that one alpha I'm gonna just gonna leave there forever. <laughs> Just in case, you know, maybe it's worth a hundred bucks someday. Who knows? Um, you know, the last time I looked at alpha packs, the uh, the market value was actually higher than the expected value. Uh, so, you know, definitely not going to make that trade. Considering, all, in all probability, I get four commons and a rare. You know, so that's not too exciting. Um, in fact, what are alpha commons going for right now? So. For those of you guys who were around in the alpha days, I was screaming from the rooftops uh, that alpha commons were severely underpriced, and uh, which goes a little bit contrary to what I was saying earlier about the the market efficiency. And uh, you know, I was buying these you know all day at you know two cents, three cents, and I ended up with a ton of them. <laughs> and now they're you know. Asking prices are 15 cents, 16 cents, 20 cents. Uh, Divine Healer asking price is 43 cents. Oh, apparently there's a deal on Divine Healers. Uh, because the singles go for 43 cents, but then uh, there are some combinations that are going for 17 and a half cents. So if you're in the market for those, that might be something to check out. So, you know, uh, relatively few people listen to me. <laughs> And so I ended up with uh, with a huge amount of alpha comments, and I'm perfectly okay with that. So if I go alpha common, so apparently I have uh, you know ten grand worth of alpha comments that I couldn't have spent more than one uh, you know one thousand on all those cards, but. Um, you know, people can do what they're going to do. So, you know, the the name of the game is always, well, you know, in Spider-Man's, you know, you want to have fun, but also 
you want to be buying your assets in a way that is, you know, buy low, sell high. So when you when you recognize these kind of mar discrepancies in the, in the market, that's your opportunity to profit. So I've done, you know, I probably TEDxed here on my Alpha Commons. Um, you know, Dark Energy Crystals, you know, right now we're at that, that 81 level. Uh, you got to... You got to think that, you know, historically what we've been seeing is that once it gets above a thousand splintoshis and reaches that par value, then the the burning kicks in in a huge way. So, you know, you could make 25% if we see a run up into the land sale. Um, I am a little bit skeptical about that. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's quite as sure a thing as, as we saw in pre-sale number one and two. So... What are your odds on making that 25 percent? I don't know. Uh, you could make less than that, you know, like a five or ten percent gain, you know, almost certainly. Uh, so that might be might be something to consider. Um, but uh, one thing I was thinking about uh, uh, the other day, actually, is the the downside of dark energy crystals. So, you know, we have uh, we have an upper limit of about you know, four bucks per thousand or four thousand plantoshis, because at that point it actually becomes cheaper to uh, to buy packs with credits and then burn the cards that you get uh, because the dark energy crystals will be more worth more than than the uh, two dollars uh, or uh, two dollar retail and dollar seventy four this you know bulk discount per pack. But on the other end, we have the um, we have the the actual secondary market cost of a pack, and so if we go to, uh, I like Peep Monsters little calculator here. So we have market values of, of a raw pack by itself is eighty five cents, or sorry, expected values eighty five cents, and the with potions is a dollar forty three. So a dollar forty three is actually much better than than what we've seen. Uh, in the past uh, using both potions. So uh, that, that is a little bit of an uptick, which is nice to see. But that's going to set your lower floor on, on Dark Energy Crystals. So, you know, if you use that, those Dark Energy Crystals to buy packs, then, you know, you get $1.43 of value. So if we do a five seventy five purchase here, so that's going to cost... A million dark energy crystals right so then we have we have a ratio of of uh, 575 times a dollar 43 so that's 822 dollars of of usd value so then we have 822 divided by a million And uh, you know we're we're bumping along the floor there, so you know that that is something to consider. Now you might say dollar forty three is too high, in which case you know we'd use one of those more middle numbers, dollar fourteen, let's say, and you come out with a lower number. Um, but you know that's that's kind of your floor on on dark energy crystals. So if we do it at a dollar fourteen, then we come out with a number at sixty five. Uh, 655 splintoshis. So somewhere in there is your floor. Uh, you're not going to get much much below that 
as long as the market values for the cards hold up. Now, if the market value of the cards f were to f were to dump for whatever reason, then that that math shifts. But uh, you know, whenever you're doing any kind of trade, you want to think in those asymmetric terms. If you're near that support, like we saw in the past week or so, you know, we dipped down to. I don't think we. I don't think I saw it in the 60s, but uh, in the 700, 710 splintoshi range, that was definitely available. Um, and you know, people bought it up, and now we're at we're at eight. Uh, 810 or whatever it is so you know if you have if you have limited downside and large upside that's an asymmetric bet and that's what you want to be doing in trading and that goes for uh that goes for dark energy crystals that goes for stocks that goes for split lens cards raffle tickets and, and everything else so i mean if you can if you can get raffle tickets you know at eight cents which discounts totems entirely then do that um you know at 16 cents yeah, you're you're probably fair value uh but it, but between eight and 16 you know if you're at 10 or 12 cents per, per raffle ticket you're probably doing okay and that gives you that asymmetric upside so these are all uh things you want to consider when you are making your purchasing decisions now for the people who are buying up uh cheap cards now for lands i mean you could do it certainly i don't think uh commons prices are going to get too much lower so there is that but um, you're also going to have to wait however long, you know, a year before lands is, is fully implemented and, and these cards are stakeable. So I would say if you're going to do it, at least do it in a way that allows you to build out teams that... Uh, so like what I do, you know, with my excess cards is I put them into deck 404 and they're, then they're productive for me as opposed to, um, you know, just buying and, and letting them sit there. But all that said... Uh, everything in crypto can go crazy. <laughs> so uh, the one thing we always have to keep in mind is what is going on with Bitcoin. Uh, because, you know, if Bitcoin breaks that 20,000 and, sh and shoots up, gains that mainstream attention, then, you know, all bets are off. Because, you know, then the, the fundamentals cease to matter as all that hot money comes in. And right now we are at 19,425, which is pretty good and uh you know people have been asking when are we going to break 20k when are we going to break 20k and you know my my i've realized that it's going to be when everybody's given up on it <laughs> crim says cat's voice in my head the market could stay irrational longer than you could stay solvent yes that is the one thing that uh the john maynard Keynes got right uh is that you know that is certainly the case um so yeah the you know bitcoin is i think it's gonna bounce around you know hitting into this resistance at 20k uh i know in the um in the pulse discord uh got a lot of people who watch crypto prices and dracos who's a um uh, among other things is a witness on hive he has been posting the the whale watch of tether movements and apparently today a bunch of tether has moved off of exchanges and into uh, the treasury so you know when that happens typically it's it's a decent correlation that the price of bitcoin falls in that people have already sold their bitcoin and now they're taking their their usdt off the exchange in order to cash it in uh theoretically um with uh with bitfinex so you know will we see another little dump here entirely possible i, I think we're just going to see this back and forth kind of motion until people get sick of it and stop looking at it and then 
you know, we'll wake up one day, it's like, oh, Bitcoin's 22,000. <laughs> and it'll almost definitely happen in a, in a low volume uh, day, you know, like either a weekend or a holiday. And, you know, it turns out we have some holidays coming up. So, um, you know, those, those thin markets are always uh, more, uh, more ripe for those kinds of breakouts just because, you know, there's, there's, less, uh, there's less selling resistance when fewer people are paying t- attention to the market. But overall, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the market action that we've seen in Bitcoin. And, you know, what would have been bad, I think, would have been to, to have a repeat of what we saw back in, uh, back in uh, you know, end of 2017, where, you know, th- this is a weekly chart that you'll be able to see. And you can see we had, uh, you know, it hit 20K in one week and retreated and then hit it a second week and then the dump started. So, uh, but this has been going on for several weeks and it's just kind of, just kind of maintaining there up against that resistance. So that's, that's a much more positive price action to me than what we saw in, in 2020. And, you know, the, the other thing to consider is that, you know, the, the huge expansion above the trend line that we saw in 2017 is not what we're seeing now. Yes, it is pulling away a bit, uh, but it's not it's not crazy disproportionate. So, um, you know, the the cycle of of market psychology of, of those people who are holding from like one dollar or ten dollars, uh, <laughs> you know, those people have, have pretty much washed out. And now these are people who bought at three thousand or eight thousand or ten thousand. So you know the 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 strength of the hands uh, shifts over time that way. And Eric is posting the uh, uh, Dracos's target here on on Plan B's uh, stock to flow kind of models. And yeah, I don't I don't think we we go back to eight thousand or three thousand or whatever he's he's calling for. But uh, you know we might see a little dip again. You know back to seventeen or so. Um, but you know. Markets markets go up, markets go down. The key thing is, what are you doing over time? But uh, that brings us to the end of the hour. And I appreciate everybody being here. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>